If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly the angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. At the 8 o'clock service, we didn't have any kids, and I don't think I can coerce anybody else up here, so I deputized you as the kids of the congregation because I really like my children's sermon this today, and, and it works really well. So we're going to play a little game. Um, are you familiar with Simon Says? Yes. This is Pastor Says. All right? So, Pastor Says, put your hands on your knees. Pastor says, put your hands on your shoulders. Pastor says, put your hands up in the air. Put them down. Ah, pastor didn't say. Okay, those of you who put them down, you know what happens. Pastor says, put your hands down. Pastor says, put your hands on your shoulders. Put your hands on your ears. Uh, George, I'm sorry. Pastor didn't say. Pastor says, put your hands in the air, take them down. Uh, you guys are good Lutherans, but you follow directions as well, too. Pastor says, put your hands down. All right, so the, the, game of, the idea of that game is to get everybody out, right? But what's more important about this game, I think, is that at the end of the game, everybody gets back in. And you know what? That's how God looks at us as well, too. We, yes, we mess up and we, we do things that we don't want to do and, and uh, we are not the best people that we want to be. But yet, at the end of the day, God looks upon us and he still smiles. He says, you are my chosen children and I forgive you and I love you. One of the best things when I was a kid and out in the neighborhood playing baseball or, or something like that was that you get a do-over. You know, when the pitch comes in too fast and you just can't hit it, you say, do over. You get a brand new free one. Well, God looks upon us with many, many do-overs. He loves us that much. So, when we are who we are and we mess up, we still get that giant do-over because God loves us each and every day. Amen. See, I told you it was a good sermon. I still feel like I need to be closer to you guys, though. Nobody sat up front. Irma, it's just you and I today, okay? Okay. All right. Well, Dewey's sitting over there, too, but you're way over there, Dewey. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, who lives and reigns amongst us now and forever. Amen. If you were here on Wednesday night, it was a beautiful service. Um, we received uh, ashes on our forehead. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful uh, service, 
beginning of the Lenten season. It just kind of kicks it off, and, and it's just, it was wonderful. But I don't know about you, but sometimes when services like that happen, they're great when they're here, but I get out of this building and I forget what happened. And I'm going to tell a story about myself and, and illustrate that a little bit. So Wednesday night, our, uh, our tradition, Heather comes and sings with choir on Wednesday night. And then after that, we usually hit DQ on the way home. Because you always need a blizzard at the end of the day, right? That's what DQ says. Heather had worked all day. It's her busy time at work, and so she came straight to, to church, and so she was heading home, and I said, do you want me to stop and get the blizzards? And she said, please, yes. And so I did. I left here, got in the car, drove over to Road 68, got off. Dairy Queen's right there. Ordered two blizzards, went up to pay, and this young man gave me the two blizzards, kind of sheepishly said, have a blessed day, Father. I still had ashes on my forehead, and I still had my collar on. I, I hope I didn't cause any kinds of faith crisis because this father had two blizzards. <laughs> but even, even I forget sometimes where we are and what we are. There's, there's a temptation there. These Lenten um, lessons are extremely Lenten in their flavor today. About sin and what sin means. Started with Adam and Eve, goes through the psalm, even goes through Paul. And on Wednesday night, I said that there's a reason why the letter I is in the middle of sin. It's because in sin, we turn inward on ourselves. We look at ourselves more than we look out. And that, that's not what God desires for us, and, and that's, that's our sinful, sinful nature. As I was thinking about these, uh, the lessons, specifically the gospel lesson today, Jesus looks at sin in a very different way. Jesus has been out in the wilderness for 40 days. If you remember, he was baptized, and then the Spirit takes him out into the, into the wilderness for 40 days. And as he's out there, we see that, or we hear that he is famished. He hasn't eaten. My, now, my stomach is rumbling a little bit right now because I haven't had something to eat since 645. I can't imagine what Jesus was like for 40 days out in the wilderness. And it's interesting to me that at Jesus' time of being out there for so long, I imagine he's probably at his breaking point. I would be. And right as he's at that breaking point, this is the time where the tempter, the devil, comes and preys on Jesus. The tempter comes and says, If you are the Son of God... Command those stones to become loaves of bread. Just a little simple little thing. You're, I imagine what the devil was saying to Jesus was, you've been out here for 40 days and 40 nights. Aren't you hungry? There's nobody else around. So if you just do this one little thing, take that rock over there, 
Make it some bread and feed yourself. Be satisfied. It's really not a huge thing. Nobody will know. Jesus responds by saying, one does not live by bread alone, but by the every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus says that we are not only just our physical beings who have physical needs. Jesus says we are spiritual beings and that we need to remain connected to our God in that way. And that our very life depends upon it. Then the devil took him to the high pinnacle of the temple, to the highest heights all around the land. And once up there, he said, just take a step off. And if you do, I promise you, and I know this for a fact, Jesus, I promise you that God will send his holy angels to be around you, to lift you up, and to set you gently upon the ground. Because scripture says that not even, you won't even be able to stub your toe without God being there to, to protect you and guide you. Just this little tiny thing. Of course, if you're the Son of God, you're going to be revealed as the Son of God later on. So why not now? Is what the devil's saying. Why not now? Just, can you imagine it? Just jump off. Look at, let all the angels come and let the people know that you truly are the Son of God. That you are the Messiah. Wouldn't that be just a great thing, Jesus? Jesus responds by saying, do not put the Lord your God to the test. It's not my time. Jesus knows where he has to go. And in this Lenten journey, we know where we are headed as well. To the foot of the cross. And so we get to the third temptation. The devil again comes to Jesus, takes him up on a high mountain, walk, lets him see the whole kingdoms of the world. And to me, this is the most insidious of all three temptations. The devil says, if you will just fall down and worship me, you can have this whole world. Everything that you see, I can give to you. Now, the insidiousness of this is because as the devil is telling Jesus this, the devil is also saying, Jesus, I know where you're going, and you don't have to. If you just bow down and worship me, then you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to feel the nails in your hands and the spear at your side and the thorns on your head. Now, wouldn't that be much better? than just to bow down before me and have all of this. If it were you and I, especially, I speak, if it was I, I hate to stub my toe. I don't even want to imagine trying to go to a cross. But Jesus responds to the devil by saying, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. 
Jesus knows where he's going. His footsteps lead to the hill on Golgotha. His footsteps lead to the cross and to a death. And he goes there because we cannot. He goes to the cross for you and for me so that our sin can be wiped out. So that we can truly serve our God. Jesus goes to the cross so that we can be reconciled, that we can be whole and holy children of God once again. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. I have to say that this is probably the greatest do-over in all the world. Jesus goes to the cross so that you don't have to. Jesus goes to the cross for your sin. Jesus goes to the cross so that you may always know that you are indeed God's child. Treasured. Beloved. Holy and forgiven. Always and forever. Amen. invite you to please stand as we sing, O Master, Let Me Walk With You. <laughs>